know. Well, yeah, yeah, you can't put a baby in a bikini, so this whole brand is blown out the water. This is the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And we bring you the formula to discover travel freedom. Step one, learn the secrets of affordable long-term travel. Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the world in style, full-time, for as little as $300 per person per month. Step two, learn how to create enough online income to support your travel lifestyle. Every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods they use to get paid wherever they are in the world. So join us twice a week for Money Mondays and Travel Thursdays and discover travel freedom on the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. This is Money Mondays, episode 004. In today's episode, we talk to Carol Kane about how to maintain business relationships. Don't just connect with people when you want something from them. Keep the conversation going. Keep the connection going. Whether you have an interest in working with them or not, whether you have time or not, don't just connect with them when they have something that you want. And we talk about how PR has changed. We used to fax shit. Did you have a dot um, matrix printer that made you, all the, the dotty noises? Did yeah. you page people? Did you have to page people and be like, go to a phone and call me? Because I can't call you on my mobile. It doesn't exist. Okay, this is the news. Dun, 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 dun. Still haven't got a jingle for that. Nope, new theme tune coming to you every single week. Yeah. <laughs> this week, uh, what have we been doing? We have been taking on exactly what Coach Deb Cole told us in the last episode, and we have been hustling. Hustle, 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 hustle. And schmoozing. Schmoozing. So that's what we've been doing. We're trying to get a sponsor for this particular podcast. So, hey, sponsors, email me. Why not? We're awesome. Yep. <laughs> Come on. Come um, on. You know you want it. But also just lining up other alignments with other brands. Lots of emails going out, backwards and forwards, working on things like that. But uh, we guys will let you know as soon as we have something concrete to report. Yeah, and we've been chatting to a few people. We're not going to tell you who they are yet, but about coming on the show for future episodes. And potentially we've got some really big guests. I know. Some really big guests. So, so excited. I would like to tell you who it is now, but I shouldn't because it's not 100% confirmed. But it's looking pretty good. Okay, so that's the news. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> what the hell are we doing? Right, yeah, we're podcasters, professionals, professionals. professionals. Okay, but what we want to, what we are serious about is talking about travel freedom. This is what our whole ethos is about this whole podcast: travel freedom. And we want to tell you a bit about, you know, why it's so important to us. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about this concept in every single episode. We even mentioned travel freedom in our about us episode, episode zero. But I mean, we know full well that no one listens to episode zero because they're going to assume it's a raw, unedited piece of crap. Uh, actually, I spent quite a lot of time editing that, so I will be crying a little each time I realise that nobody listens to it. But anyway, so we're going to touch on this topic again really quickly and give us a little bit more detail that isn't in the other episode, uh, because it really is that important. Because if you don't understand the concept, you're not going to want to fight for it. Travel freedom is about choice. Yes, and it's about having the freedom, freedom, to do what you want with your life. You don't have to work for that asshole boss. Be your own asshole boss. <laughs> That's what I say. Or you could even be a nice boss to yourself. Be nice to yourself. Give yourself some chocolate once in a while or something. <laughs> a glass of Baileys, we like to do that. And it's not just necessarily talking about being a travel blogger. It's just about working online and having uh, more avail available time to really work on something that you're passionate about. Yeah, so you're free to just go and travel. You're not tied down to where you are. 
you don't have a job to worry about. And these sorts of concepts, people are going, yeah, blah, 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 it's all right for you, you're already doing it. I've got to worry about real jobs and real life. And I've got kids and a mortgage to pay and all this sort of stuff. We had real jobs and we had a real life. And in fact, before we actually- We still started, have a real life. We do. It's just a better <laughs> life. Yeah, but uh, what we did to actually start traveling full time is we saved more than 50% of our income. And we did that for about nine months. And that gave us enough money to travel full time for two years. Yeah. And obviously, the first thing you're probably thinking right now is, shit, they saved for nine months and now they can travel for two years. They must be like millionaire, crazy rich Australians. No, we had regular jobs, seriously. We probably, we made around $70,000, which in American dollars is like $55,000 between yep. two people. Tom's a musician, I'm a travel agent, that's our background. So, you know, we're not raking in the big dosh here. No, even since then, the Australian dollar has gone to shit. So we've Lost got even money. less money, and yet still we're going to hit our two-year target with a few dollars left in the bank, and of course we're going to be earning more, because that's what we're doing now, yeah. we're blogging. So not only have we been travelling, we've been spending the last two years honing our knowledge of blogging, and we messed it up a lot in the beginning, and we didn't pay as much attention to the business as we should have, and now we're getting serious, and we're going to teach you how to get serious too. Yeah, so in future episodes we'll be telling you guys why it's quite a cool idea to just save a bunch of money rather than just traveling with no money or just staying at home well, like doing a regular job. as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, lots of, I yeah. mean, there are different ways to do this. You can start your blog from home and develop it as a local thing and then eventually be making enough money from that. Obviously, there's millions of different businesses you can have online. You don't even have to be a travel blogger. But the point is, if you're on the road, you've got the savings in the bank, you know you don't have to worry about going into a regular job then you don't have to think about those other things. You don't have to be distracted. You can spend all of your time working on making your online income, developing your skills, learning marketing, learning PR, learning how to produce a blog, WordPress, all that other stuff that's associated with this. And you can develop your product ideas, you can get your business sorted out, you can promote it. You've got the time to do it and you get to travel in between if you want to. It's awesome. Yeah. So one of the things to realize, no matter what your business plan does tend to be, blogging is probably going to be a big part of it. Most businesses you'll discover do have some form of a blog. So having a good knowledge of blogging and how it works and influences and, in, and just the ins and outs of it is going to be really beneficial, whatever online business you decide to develop. Having that travel freedom, which eventually will turn into paid travel freedom, but having that initial time without worrying about a real job means you can make this happen. If you go into a real job every day, you get home in the evening and go, fuck you my just, life, I can't be bothered to spend five hours working on my blog when nah. I've just spent eight hours at work. You crash out on the couch watching reruns of Friends. Yeah, it's an endless cycle, and unless you break that cycle, you're not actually gonna succeed in this quickly. You may succeed eventually, you may spend one hour a day working on your blog and over a few years, or you may get lucky. I mean, who knows, people do get lucky, but just saying that this is a, this is a strategy rather than relying on luck. This is a straightforward strategy. Yeah, get up, off your ass, take control of your life, and discover travel freedom. Yes, that is what we want. So we'll be talking about saving money in future episodes and giving you the hints and tips as to how we managed to save so much money in such a short amount of time, which sounds really crazy, but we actually did it. And, and we it was got easier than you think. Yeah, we actually had a pretty decent time still whilst doing it. The we working like beer. part. We like a lot of beer. Yeah, we drank beer and wine and yeah. we had fun and we went out and we went, we visited places like Sydney in Australia. We were living in Australia at the time, but we actually went out to visit Ayers Rock and Ellie Beach and these sorts of places. We weren't just sitting in our house eating baked beans. Staring at each other. No. Well, we never look at each other. No. No, we don't do that. That's horrid. That's not what couples do. No. Um, look away. Look away from each other. That's the best way. Don't make eye contact because then that's when they get you. And then you can't escape the relationship. And then you spend like two years on the road with each other every single day. 
and you can't escape. And it's all because we made eye contact that one time. <laughs> yeah, and now we're stuck with each other forever making podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a crazy life. <laughs> but yeah, so whatever happens, travel freedom is exactly what it sounds like. It's choice. It's freedom for you to get out there and live a life that you really want. Life's too short to be miserable. Yeah, save some money, put in that hard grub just for a little bit. You are gonna have to make some sacrifices, but put the effort in. We'll be helping you out over coming episodes and get that, it's that buffer, isn't it? It's that buffer of money so that you are free to do what you want for a while and you have the time to make it a reality. That's what it's all about. So do it. Anyway, today we're gonna be talking to Carol Kane and she's also going to be talking about travel freedom because she's discovered it and she's doing it a lot better than we are because she's actually making quite a lot of money yeah, doing it. Yeah, she's taken uh, being a mum blogger. She doesn't like the term mummy blogger, but uh, she started out just talking about her life and her kids and she's turned it into a full steam travel blog that you won't believe. Yeah, and she's going to be telling you all about the importance of PR and how her as an ex-PR person implements all of these really cool methods to get herself exposure, noticed. get herself noticed. It's about branding, it's about forming that personal brand about who you are. It's about loads of stuff, so keep listening. Carol Kane is up right now. So today we're talking to Carol Kane from girlgonetravel.com and she is a PR specialist. So we're gonna mine her brain for information about what PR is, why you need it as a blogger, and how to be successful in 2015, like media strategies and PR strategies that actually work today on the internet. But first of all, Carol, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh my gosh, uh, okay, so I did exactly that for a long time. I, did, I worked in PR for a very long time, and it's what I went to school for, it's what I wanted to do. Then I left to be home with my three kids, I had three boys. And then I just, I started writing about life with them in New York City because all the content that I saw online about things to do with them was really expensive. It didn't fit our lifestyle. I couldn't relate to it. Even as a New Yorker, I knew that my immigrant family wasn't spending $100 an hour in an indoor playground or buying me $300 cupcake parties or whatever the hell, princess parties, whatever the hell it is that New Yorkers like to do now. Like, <laughs> that was not happening. But I had a really good New York City life and so I kind of wanted to go out there with my kids. I literally like put them in the double stroller and like went out every day and just did a bunch of stuff. And I didn't even think about it as travel blogging. I just, I was, I was actually more rebellious about it. You know, I was more pissed off about it. Like, you know, you have all of these people coming into New York, giving you all this content about what New York is, or you have these really wealthy people coming into New York, telling you what life in New York is. And it isn't necessarily like that. That took a life of its own. And eventually, I think it was like eight months into it that I was like, oh, there's this thing called travel blogging. And oh, wow, I'm already doing that. <laughs> then it's going to be seven years. An accidental travel blogger. <laughs> accidental travel blogger. I think that's the best way to go into it, actually, because you're not taking yourself too seriously. And I'm really happy that I kind of went into it not knowing all the opportunities that were available for me because I kind of learned maybe reinvented the wheel a little bit, but I feel like I learned a lot through the process. So Carol, your blog is at girlgonetravel.com. I wonder, uh, does the recent Ben Affleck movie, Gone Girl, has that had much of an effect on your SEO? Oh my God, what? <laughs> has, or, has, or are they stealing all of your spots on the top I, of you know, Google? I, went on a, I was on a trip um, recently around the time of the release of the movie, and so it was like, it was on people's mind. And I would like hand in my card, and they're like, oh, for a second, I thought it said Gone Girl Travel or whatever. And I'm like, no, no. I don't know. I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> I have the movie. 
um, or read the book. <laughs> but I know all about it. So yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting. Have you noticed any changes in your traffic because yeah, of this? Yeah, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. That's now, but when the movie first came out, yeah. <laughs> People come onto your blog and go, I can't find Ben Affleck. Where, where is he? Where's Gone Girl? Oh, she, she went traveling. Oh. oh. Oh, I didn't know that was in the story. Oh, oh, I don't need to go see the movie now. I've got the whole plot. Exactly. Yeah. She went to France and she ate some cheese and drank some wine yeah, well, on a river cruise. I'm like, oh, interesting plot line. I, you could sue Hollywood, I reckon. You probably should. You, you should get some money out of them for this. Yeah, because, you know, they're easy to sue. They don't have good lawyers at Hollywood, do they? <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather that than Girls Gone Wild, right? Because that's from Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I, when I first, I was like, the whole oh, Girls Gone Wild thing. <laughs> so, it's like, there is no booby no. flashing on this webpage. <laughs> yeah. So it's now, a family site, people. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> yeah, not, kind of, not that kind of a blog, people. Not that kind of a blog. Right. So I appreciate the whole Gone Girl thing. Everybody up. gets these problems with their blog. Everybody thinks that we travel on $5 a day because we're called $5 Traveler. And we're just a travel value blog, but now everyone's pigeonholed us and they're like, you must be like tramps, you live off nothing. Like, we never started it with this intention at all. God damn it. This was not the plan, it was just about traveling on a good value and doing it right. But yeah, we, we all have to live with these decisions years down the road. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Rebranding is too complicated. I know. But I guess you went through a rebrand, didn't you? You weren't originally Girl Gone Travel. That wasn't where you started. No, I, I started as New York City Mama. That was actually my husband's thing. He's like, I think that sounds sassy. That's, that's how he talks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But again, I didn't know anything about this whole world. So I didn't really give it any thought. I just thought it was going to be for my, my friends, my family. What ended up happening with that was basically, well, two things happened. One, I moved out of New York, right? I'm 30 minutes away. I'm in New Jersey. And then the other thing was that there's this whole uh, mommy blogger space. And that was the community that first embraced me and, and really supported me and gave me a platform. But I really needed to stand out as something different because I was doing more travel. And also because I hate the term mommy blogger. Like it just fucking makes me just uh, want to shoot somebody. And so I had to change it. You need to be wearing yoga pants and drinking protein Dude, shakes. for sure. I can't even. <laughs> Kale. Kale shakes. Yeah. Kale shakes. <laughs> Who came up with that? Enough Let's kale get... shakes in the world to like, uh, but, but yeah, so I wanted to be more specific about what, who I was, what I was doing. It was kind of sad, but at the same time, it was also really freeing. I loved it. So hopefully, I don't know. I don't know if I'll change again. Maybe I'll be like old lady travel in like 20, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> in the 20 years or so. Visiting the different we nursing homes around the world. Right? We all change and we all grow. And I think that that's the other thing that people should really think it when they're building their brand and they're establishing so many bloggers that when I first started blogging six years ago were these like, I'm a backpacker. I walk around the world in a bikini and I'm single and I'm hot and I'm this. And then they get married. Holy shit. Now what? Now, <laughs> now I'm married, right? And maybe, okay, maybe being married wasn't so bad. My guy is hot and we're backpacking around the world and we're... But and he's like, wearing a bikini. It's all getting a bit freaky. And then they have a baby and they're like, holy shit, now what? You know, now... Well, yeah, yeah, you can't put a baby in a bikini. So this whole brand is blown out of the water. That would be too weird. So this brand of being this hot, wild, sexy, bikini-clad, backpacking adventurer, and now I settled down and, you know, had a family. No. It is funny. You, like, hit 30 years old, and you're like, I do not do dorm beds. I don't do shared bathrooms. Like, fuck that. I need my own pretty, like, nice, clean exactly. space. <laughs> exactly. Not sharing a room with 10 other people. 
No, I mean, the thing changed. is, like when you're when you're younger, you're like, I paid my dues. I went through it already. And then when you get older, and if you're lucky, you start making a little bit more money. You're like, shit, man. I just want to, you know, have a really nice place to, like, I. I just bought a house and I swore up and down that I would never buy a house because I didn't want to be committed to any one location. I wanted to have the thought of the freedom to just be like, okay, honey, I want to move. I want to move to London. I want to move to wherever. Like, I just want to, let's just go. And I refused to buy a house. And then, you know, shit just happens. Like life changes. My kids love to travel, but they also felt like they wanted a place that they could call their own, you know? And they were like, why don't we have a house? Why don't we have a place that is ours? And my teenager is going to college and he was very adamant. He was like, I want to be able to, when I go away, to have a place that I can always come back to. And all of a sudden it's like your world just changes. And so your decisions change and your brand has to be able to take on those, those changes with minimal impact, basically. So you have to be really careful how you start off and how you, the message and the person that you want to portray yourself to be, because it's not going to be the same person in five, 10 years. If you're, if you're lucky to be blogging that long, you know? Awesome. So one of the main things, apart from talking about the travel and everything that you have on the website, is you talk about the business of of actual nurturing relationships. So, so what are some of the things like, so from a PR perspective that pisses you off about newbie bloggers coming in? Like what are the, like the top things that are just like, don't do this. One of the, the top things I hate is people who just started out that are demanding to get paid right off the top and they don't really have anything to show why they should be getting paid. The other thing that I really hate is I know that a lot of people are trying to figure out how to get paid. Even people that are really well established already are trying to figure out how to get paid. And I totally understand that. But I personally, and this has nothing to do with campaigns, trips that are around a a campaign, but I don't, I have a problem with people who feel that they should get paid just to be there. Like if you're going, you're invited on a press trip that you're saying, okay, well, I need to be paid for my time there. I think that that bloggers need to be a little bit more creative if they want to be paid to be in a certain destination, then they have to kind of take it upon themselves to create some sort of package or campaign or or something worthy of getting paid for. Just being present is not enough for you to get paid. That just makes it look really, really bad. And PR, honestly, it just PR just aren't going to want to work with you. They're just not going to want to. Yeah, because you're too demanding, I suppose, is what you're saying. You're overvaluing what you're doing. Is that the problem? I think it's fine to be demanding, but I also think it's necessary to be realistic. The way I look at it, there are agencies and brands that will try to create an entire marketing strategy or an entire marketing campaign off of the free content that they get from bloggers, right? So we have to be careful in that sense. But then that's why we need to be smarter and we need to kind of like not just get excited about the trip, not just be like, oh, my God, I'm going to go to Thailand. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to be there for 30 days and and then be there for 30 days and start curating all of this content that you're not getting paid for. You know, if somebody is willing to host you, like if a destination is willing to to have you in their in their country for 30 days, then be proactive. Like I said, create some sort of campaign or some sort of package so that it's mutually beneficial for everyone involved. But do the work. Don't not want to do the work and not want to be professional beforehand and just think about all of the time you're going to be spending on the beach. Oh, yeah, but we love that time on the beach. (laughs) Um. Make it so that when you're on the beach and you're doing all this other stuff, you know, like you're sharing pictures, you can create an Instagram campaign. Yeah, me on the beach. This is like photos of me on the beach and companies will pay me all this money to lie on the beach and take photos of myself. I think a lot of people do that already, but they don't get any money for doing that. But they think that's what other bloggers want to see. <laughs> There's too many blogs of people just doing selfies of themselves on their Instagram accounts. Like, seriously, I don't care anymore. 
<laughs> take some photos of what you're looking at rather than yourself and, and then be creative about it too you know like tell a story or try to be inspirational in some way make it worth people wanting to come back for you know mm. yeah and when you talk about a package to this is something you include when you go on a press trip you've got something else going on is this package something you've created for the client or is this package something you've created in a way to monetize in separate areas like a joint thing uh, how does this package work that you're talking about so the way i i work is usually if i don't know the client or if i don't know the destination i try to get information beforehand i try to get the itinerary uh, get kind of like the focus what will the focus be will it be around food will it be around culture the best people ask me what i'm interested in they'll sometimes create opportunities for me to explore whatever specific areas of interest so in situations like that before i go on the trip i will pitch stories to other publications that will pay me when I get back because I'm not gonna get paid by the agency to go on this press trip and I know that, right? So then I will pitch other, other I will find other ways to get paid outside of that press trip. And I think everybody should do that. You're not always gonna have the opportunity to be involved in, a, in an actual campaign, in a marketing campaign. You know, a lot of the times the way we travel mostly is either press trip related experiences. So then you have to find other three or forms of income besides just your, your blog. Can um, you give us an example of what sort of company you would pitch as a sideline to make money whilst you're on a press trip? So for example, I write for Expedia Viewfinder. So if I'm gonna go somewhere, I have to pitch my editor the, like four articles. I will say either I was here or I'm going to be going there. Is, is this something that you're interested in? I'll pitch like a story. So they'll decide whether or not that's something that they're interested in covering. We're very fortunate that Expedia paces really well. So I'm able to go on to, to a trip and I already know that I'm going to be making an income off of whatever content I develop from that. But people could just really get savvy about it and start thinking, okay, I've landed this trip and, you know, who out there in the, the world would be interested in hearing about this. What companies, yeah. you know, would like this as a sideline and you just pitch to them and be like, hey, I'm doing this trip, would you be interested in? Right. Why aren't we doing this? Such great advice and we're not doing it. <laughs> in terms of the campaign itself, what I usually do at that point is if I have a relationship with a, a destination, for example, and it's a destination that keeps asking me to come back again and again, then at some point, I sit down with them and I'm like, hey guys, you know, I've noticed that you've been inviting me on these trips. They've been fabulous. I've gotten really a lot of great content from it. It's clear that we work well together. Is there any way that we can create some sort of, so that I'm your spokesperson for whatever annual event you might be having later in the year, or there's a food festival, for example, somebody that you, you know, somebody you might want to have to be the person that's covering it or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So at that point, if you, you're working continuously with a destination or a brand or an agency, then don't just continue to be their free placement. Come to them and say, we have this really good relationship. It's clear we've, we've been working together for a year or two. Let's take it to the next level. Let's talk about that a little bit more, like the whole building of a relationship with these brands. So uh -huh. rather than just being walk, walking in, getting a trip or whatever, and then walking away again and not doing anything them ever again do you recommend actually like nurturing a bit of a relationship with them and working with them you know being like hey i'm available and i'm you know free for this you know would you you know did you like my work would you like to work together again how beneficial have you found that to be for your brand i think that what i love to do is i love to get together with reps when i absolutely need nothing from them do you know what i mean like i'll, yeah. I'll be in town and i I don't have the time to travel with them. I don't really have any interest at the moment to do anything. Nothing that they're doing right now is calling my attention. 
it doesn't necessarily have to be that way, but I feel that I'm more relaxed and I'm not as eager and I'll just get together with them for coffee or, you know, keep the conversation going, find out about just the same way we like it, you know, just how we like to be treated. If they're having a baby, ask them about their baby, but genuine, not in this way that I'm just, you know, not in a, in a fake way. Like if you don't give a shit about the baby, don't ask about the baby, but if you care, <laughs> you know, like, like ask them, you know, ask them about them get to know them outside of this professional sort of environment and build that sort of relationship, almost like a friendship. Ask them about what they're doing. Ask them what, you know, what the company's doing. And the thing with public relations is it's such a transient profession. So even if somebody is working for this one brand and or agency and there's never an opportunity or a budget or, or the agency isn't one that's interested ever in working with bloggers, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be an opportunity in the future because chances are they'll move somewhere else. So you have to kind of keep that always in mind. But Don't just connect with people when you want something from them. Keep the conversation going. Keep the connection going. Whether you have an interest in working with them or not, whether you have time or not, don't just connect with them when they have something that you want. Mm, Yeah, yeah. That's really good advice. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I suppose people think that they deserve to be given money, as we said earlier, so they will start just only contacting people when they want money from them, and they become just this annoying little voice in the ear of the people with money. Yeah, just the gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, the gimme, gimme, gimme. And yeah. that's, that's really not the way to do business online these days, is it? Or ever, really. That's never been a good way to yeah, do business. I mean, I, when I had spoken at, uh, at TVX in Athens, one of the things that I had said was, before you get anything, before you're approached with an opportunity, like somebody has already like pitched you to their boss or to their client and convince them that you're worth the, the additional investment for whatever it may be, even if it's just for a trip. That in itself, you know, is an investment. And it helps if they know you, they like you. If you don't even, if you are someone that doesn't have the numbers, but you have the community, even more so, you know, they're able to kind of really tell your story on your behalf. But they can't do that if you're not making yourself approachable and they don't, they don't know you outside of this whole like, hey, it's Carol, I want to go to Bermuda and I need a, a free room, can you hook me up? We are going to be back with Carol Kane in just a minute. But first of all, time to talk about our Monday tool. Da, 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 da. Out of breath. Evernote. That's what we're talking about today. It's got nothing to do with singing long notes on podcasts. If you haven't heard of Evernote already, it's basically a note organization tool. Yeah, we had a really hard time actually finding a good program that you could use, that you could write down all of your notes and easily transfer them, like if you want to put them into WordPress or whatever it is that you happen to use. I was just using like Notepad on the computer before. Yeah, but I had Notepad, things were disappearing. Like I would have notes and they would magically just vanish into thin air. And I looked it up and they were like, oh yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Well, fortunately with Evernote, nothing's got lost. No. Considering this is a free product, it's really one of the most useful productivity tools that I use every single day, all the time. Yeah. One of the, the great new things that they've put into the latest update is that you can actually chat between different people. So just being on the free version, you can't chat between too many people, but just being the two of us, we can actually say, hey, can you check out this article? Make sure that it, you know the spelling's right. Or, hey, you know, what do you think about this for an idea? And we can just send that through to each other and it's instantly there. Yeah, it's one click. It goes straight to that person. They click on it, they open it, any edit they make automatically gets synced back to the person who sent it to them to edit. So yeah, you haven't got like seven versions and you're not going like, oh, which one's the most updated version? What's the latest one? I've got to email it back to this person. It's just there. It makes it really easy. Yeah, that's I love that. Top new thing that's been added in version six of Evernote. And what else have they got that's awesome? Well, you can just use it offline. 
So, for example, if you're traveling a lot, like most digital nomads do, you can write your articles whilst you're on the train or on the plane, you can write them on your iPad with your little keyboard if you've got one of those, or on your laptop, whatever you've got, and then when you find an internet connection, it will sync it up to everything, and then you can just copy those articles into WordPress, because obviously the WordPress system doesn't work when you're offline. No. So having something like this where you can just do it offline and then post it once you get an internet connection means you save loads of your Wi-Fi time, which is sometimes limited in countries like India where the Wi-Fi is awful, you just want to copy and paste it in and publish it. You don't want to have to spend hours writing it whilst the internet keeps cutting in and out and you lose drafts, which happens to us. It used to happen to us all the time. Yeah. So. Another really good feature is that it has different notebooks that you can name. So if you have a few different projects going on at the same time, you can keep them in separate notebooks and not get all confused. So like we have a podcast notebook and we have a $5 traveler notebook and we have just a you know, what foods and what foods to try in this country notebook. You know, just it keeps everything separate so it's not all just all mumble jumbled and you get, you know, stuff all confused. Anyway, so this is Evernote. It's free to download. You can get it on pretty much any device. You can get it on your laptop, on your smartphone, on your iPad. You just get it on all of them and then all your notes are synced up. It makes it really convenient. You can even put your shopping list on it. Ishi pishi. All right, and there's a link to that on the show notes for this page. Or you can just type Evernote into the internet. You'll yeah. find it straight away or in the App Store. All right, let's get back to Carol Kane, and we were talking about how to build relationship and maintain your PR network. You've got to know a lot of people to have this sort of network. How do you keep track of all these people, and how do you manage to keep this communication flow going all the time? No, when I don't, actually. You know, it's so funny. I, I don't. I don't know a lot of people. I just know, I know people that have a lot of connections. For example, one of the, one of the agencies that I started working with when I started blogging, that gave me an opportunity when I, nobody even knew who I was, was uh, Laura Davidson PR. They're a travel agency. It's one agency. It's the same people. You know, I've been working with the same people almost my entire blogging career, but they represent so many different travel brands from destinations to hotels. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's not so much as knowing a bunch of little people or, you know, different people. It's just being really well connected and having established a solid relationship with the right people. So how important is it for newbie bloggers to turn up to events like TBEX and meet a whole bunch of people there? That's super important because you kind of want to let people know who you are and you want to kind of let brands know who you are. And it introduces you to how to the culture of the community and what works, what doesn't work. I heard of a, of a blogger who, and not in travel, somebody else had told me about of a blogger who goes to like these events with her peers. She comes with her, her agent. And the agent goes around handing her card to the other bloggers. And I think it's so ridiculous. One, because people already know her, right? And two, you don't want a PR person to pitch you to your community. You want your PR, the PR person to pitch you to people outside of it. You know what I mean? If you have a good personality on TV, if you're a great writer, if you have something to offer, some sort of expertise, then sure, you can get you know a PR person to try to get you on TV, but you're competing with people who have actually built some sort of recognition or online reputation. Yeah, and it's also got to be you got to be careful not to step on the toes of, of the, your peers as well, because yeah. uh, if you piss them off, then you, you know it's a very small community when it comes down to it. If you write a book, send me a goddamn email, Carol. I wrote this book. I would love your support, and I'm not going to promise the support. I'm going to read the book because I'm not going to promote shitty work right yeah. yeah but i would appreciate more I, I would come back to you and say and tell you like hey this is not a good fit for these reasons and our friendship will be intact but i swear to god if i get a pitch from your pr person like we don't even know each other it's such a killer like it's so arrogant and it's so bad 
don't piss off the community. Yeah. No. Tip no. number one. <laughs> you know, I really, I don't give a shit what your numbers are. If you're a nice person, if you're not going to be a diva and difficult to work with, if you have quality content, if I know that you're going to really just add something positive to the community, I'm giving your name. So, and that's the same for any blogger, no matter how long they've been doing it, no matter what, you know? So It's the same in other industries. And I had this before as a blogger. People who are easy to work with, I wanted to employ them. I wanted to get them on my team every time. Uh, and even if they weren't the best at what they do, as long as they were good enough at what they do and they were really easy to work with, I was like, cool, you're in. The person who's a diva, forget about it. Get out. You know, but when I used to work in public relations, we didn't have, it wasn't the social media thing because I'm old, right? So, <laughs> we used to fax shit. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. facts. Did you have a dot oh, matrix printer that made all the, the dotty noises? Did yeah. you page people? Did you have to page people and be like, go to a phone and call me because I can't call you on my yeah. mobile? It doesn't exist. Press release or the media alert, and then we would pick up the phone and follow up. Like, did you get my media release? Anyway. Um, <laughs> phone calls? I don't make those anymore. Oh, it's a personal <laughs> ill. <laughs> What used to happen back then was we, let's say we would get a call from somebody from the New York Times. And I swear to God, if it was like an asshole reporter, we would, you know, the receptionist would be like so-and-so from the New York Times. And we had an, like an open office type of situation. And we would all look at each other like, oh, <laughs> and because we, you know, it was a struggle because we wanted to be the one responsible for that placement, right? To impress our boss. We wanted to be the one that got whatever it was placed in the New York Times. But shit, we didn't want to work with this guy. You know, we just, we were like, oh, we didn't want to work with this guy. And it was, it was literally like for a few seconds, just like the struggle. You know what? Now that's not the case anymore. There's so many of us. If you're a jerk and you're difficult to work with, you're so replaceable. You know, you're so easily replaceable. The one thing that makes you really difficult to replace and what you're doing is so unique and so wonderful that, you know, not everybody is doing it or not everybody's doing it in the, in the way that you're doing it. On top of the fact that you're not difficult to work with. Yeah. If it's getting somebody else that's not difficult to work with, that's good, is not that difficult anymore. Yeah, so, so you know, be on your game and be a nice person. That's yeah. really the takeaway from that, isn't it? You know, there's no need to be a dick. It's just no. not necessary. It's like, not necessary. just be nice to people and they'll be nice to you. It's easy. Yeah, it's not helpful. I mean, this brings me around to something I wanted to ask earlier, actually. As you're saying, like, we don't use pages anymore and dot matrix printers. So what is what is the PR 2015? You know, it's, it's January now. What is the stuff that's going to work best this year? What should people be doing? PR itself is doing a lot of learning. They're kind of learning that the stats, they're not going to be the thing that they should be really focusing on. Like, they may be important for the clients to a certain extent, but they're starting to rethink their strategy on what they used to use to define a blogger worthy of working with. I think that PR is also starting to realize that more and more bloggers are wanting to get paid in some way, that people like me are gonna come to them and, and like I said, after you know a couple of press trips with them or something, they're gonna come up, to, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go up to them, I'm gonna be like, okay, well, what else? What else do you have to offer me? Because I'm not gonna keep going on free trips for you and not build some sort of meaningful relationship that's of value to me. They're starting to figure this out. And then from a blogger's perspective, I think that bloggers are, are learning kind of like the same thing where I think bloggers are still trying to figure out how to get paid. Like I said, some of them are doing the whole like, if I'm gonna go on a press trip, you're gonna pay me to go on this press trip. Other bloggers are like, well, no, there's editorial content and then there's, you know, advertorial content and they understand the difference between both of them. You know, for me, for example, it's very important to have press trips that I'm not getting paid to be there. 
for example, that I don't do all of my trips on a campaign basis because if all of my content is based on payment that I received based on a partnership with whomever, then what do my readers have to trust? What do I have to offer my readers that's that's separate from me being paid? I guess a spokesperson. Yeah. People will be like, well, you got paid to say that it's Well, good. yeah. Or to not say that it's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to ba- be able to balance that out. But I also need to get paid. So it's just finding that balance. And I think a lot of bloggers are starting to do that. And I think when in trying to figure out how to get paid, you have to be very, very careful. It's going to be really, really important. I think that, like I said, PR is realizing that this is something that's happening. It's changing. But they're not going to be turned on by the by anybody that comes in and is like, hey, me, bitch, like I'm here. I think the people that develop a good sense of business and communications themselves are going to be a lot more fortunate in this year. If they can figure that out, not be crass, not be entitled, um, they're going to do really well. So you know? is 2015 going to be a better year for bloggers overall? Is it getting to a point where... There's going to be some industry standards and we can actually know what money to ask for for certain situations and this sort of thing. Yeah, that's that's typical, the, the knowing what to ask for, right? Because it's we're all so different. You know, there are a lot more organizations getting together. I know, for example, I'm a member of the Society of American Travel Writers. And that's usually been an organization that was reserved specifically and, and exclusively for traditional journalists. Now they've really been making an effort to incorporate new media. For me as a, as a member... It sort of legitimizes more what I'm doing. It makes it so that I'm agencies and brands see me more as a serious professional than just as a blogger looking to get free trips. And I think more of those types of groups are coming together. Yeah, you just got invited to the White House. Like you and a bunch of like top <laughs> bloggers got invited to the White House. You know, like the White House thing was something where they considered traditional media, right? That's normally who they would have contacted to promote something like that. Then they also realize that the diversity in audience that we as bloggers have is not only younger, but it's also larger. Yeah, they need to get young people voting, don't they? This is a good move, getting bloggers involved. The message is to get young people to study abroad, right? They're not going to be looking at CNN. They're not going to be reading the New York Times. Who are they reading? Who is their audience reading? And they're reading us, Yeah. right? So... People are starting to get savvy in that sense. And so the situation, you know, opportunities like that, like really wonderful opportunities like that are becoming more and more available to us. So if you could go back like six years in time, it's the year of Back to the Future. You can totally make time <laughs> yeah. travel references. You're going to go back six years time. And what, what's the number one tip you'd give yourself starting out again? Your number one Yeah, what does past Carol need to know that she didn't know? If, if it doesn't feel like something that I like to do, It doesn't matter how many conferences you go to or how many established people tell you that this is how it should be done. If it's not something that I enjoy doing, if I get that feeling in my stomach, like, shit, I got to do this, just don't do it. You know, a lot of people, you go to a lot of these conferences and you listen to a lot of, you know, people giving you advice and they tell you, this is how you get more readers. This is how you get whatever. But sometimes that's not for you. That's not the best fit for you. I think what I would have done differently and I eventually learned to do was to not listen and do not necessarily listen to the advice. But if it's not something that I feel makes me happy or it becomes this struggle, just don't do it. Figure out another way. Stay true to yourself. I guess that's... Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, everybody's always saying, like, go on YouTube, make videos, go on YouTube. I suck at videos. I suck it. Yeah, you know, I think if I had a, a guy with a camera following me around, it might be great. 
or really weird and the police might need to be called because that's <laughs> that's really straight somebody was somebody once told you know somebody said why don't you do videos and i was like well you know i'm traveling with like sometimes i'm traveling with my kids and it's hard you know my kids are like no mom i don't want to do it now or whatever you should get your kids to do the that's filming it's three boys as well boys can be gross and you don't need that on television i have a, gro a gopro on them yeah <laughs> Yeah, free camera, man. Come on. This is why you have kids, is to get stuff done for free, right? But editing video is such a pain in the ass. Oh, oh my God, it. yes. Like, I love editing my photos and just spending time working on my photographs, but I hate editing videos. And some people love editing video. They I love, love it. it. It just takes too long. I haven't got time to do it. I don't oh. spend my entire life editing. I never get anything else done. Right, exactly. So, you know, so I, so I know that YouTube, unless I have somebody else doing it for me, I probably won't take it on. You know what I mean? Regardless of how many people keep telling me that it's the thing to do. So, whatever. So this is why we want people to realize that they shouldn't be put off just because they've been trying for a while. Maybe they just haven't chosen the right path in the right. way they're doing it. And I think we spent a lot of time pissing around and not really figuring out what we wanted to do. And yeah. now we're slowly tightening that focus. Two years, we're still babies in it. I mean, we spoke yeah. to you and we were talking to Gary Art the other day. And like, he was like, fuck, I've been doing this for seven years. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, there's so many people come in and they think, oh, pff, I'm not making any money. I quit. And then- Six know, months and I haven't made any money. This is useless. Right. Yeah, but you gotta but just- that's, You know, that's it. what I was saying. Like it just, you have to get to a point where you're like, okay, you know what? The press trips or the trips are really great. But you know this because you're there now. It takes focus and it takes time and it takes commitment, it takes energy. And so you can either not do that and just go and get a corporate job. Go get a job somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. screw that. Make it and have somebody else tell you what you have to do and that's it and just do it. Or, you know, you're running your own, you're running a business and you have to treat it like that. There's space for it to have fun and do the, the things that, you know, that are relaxing and chill. And then, and then at some point you have to come back to the table and be like, all right, let's, let's get serious here. Yep, that's it. I'm gonna so, get myself a bikini and I'm gonna take selfies on the beach. Oh I think that's, this is what I've learned from this episode. And I hope that's the takeaway everyone else has. More selfies of men in bikinis on beaches. That's what the industry is looking for right now. Yeah, you, haven't, you haven't been paying attention at all. I've been paying attention. This is the main thing I've been hearing. What the hell? Okay, that's, that's good. I'm distribute something really bad. Yeah. <laughs> for like some horrid imagery right now, okay. <laughs> Fortunately, as this is an audio medium, people don't have to think about the end of bikini. No, it's imagery though. Uh, yeah, but that's, then not, that's worse. Most of them don't necessarily know what I look like. There's nothing worse than the nightmare of you in a bikini and their oh, own head. Thanks, babe. I always rely on your support. Through these shows. Now you're saying that, you know, you don't like me in my underwear, thanks. All right. Before I put off all the rest of our listeners for this entire show and never get anyone back. Yeah, everyone's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we should probably wrap things up because we've asked millions of questions and taken up loads of your time already. Thanks, Carol Kane. Thanks for joining us on the $5 Planet podcast. Thanks, guys. Oh, I love seeing you. I know nobody else can see you, but I love seeing you. If you'd like to do a little plug for your blog or anything else you're working on at the moment, now's the time. I still have a lot of stuff for 2015 up in the air, but I'll definitely be announcing it on girlgonetravel.com. So just connect there and don't miss a thing. Girlgonetravel.com with Ben Affleck and Carol Kane. Get yeah, on there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Read some stories. Cool. <laughs> Sign up for the email lists, you know, all the usual stuff. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Carol. Okay, that was Carol Kane. And to let you guys know, we've got Devin Dave from the Planet D on next week, which is one of the biggest adventure travel blogs in the world. So this is huge. 
Uh, those guys have been talking about sponsorship because that's their main business. They pretty much make all their money just from sponsorship, which is quite a lot of money. So you're going to want to hear that interview. They're going to be letting out a lot of the good secrets. But right now... Travel homework time. We want you to go out there and start contacting successful people that relate to your blog or business. Yeah, contact at least 10 people this week that you've never, ever spoken to before. And don't ask them for anything. Just uh, get a conversation going. Like, maybe offer them something useful that will help them. But, you know, don't look like you want to get something out of it. Yeah, if it looks like you're just contacting them because you want something from them, even if you hide that, they're going to probably see through that. They're not going to respect it. And they're going to be like, oh, those guys are just trying to use me to get promotion. So, you know, you've got to start a real conversation. Yeah, so you can leave comments on their blogs. You can tweet them. You can comment on Facebook. Try to do something that would get a response from them. Like, not something generic. Like, just like, hey, great post. Like, because everybody gets that boring. You've got to come up with something that intrigues them, that, you know, grabs their interest so that they want to engage with you. Yeah, ask them a question. Ask them an intelligent question that makes them think. Because if they think and they have to come up with a cool response, then they're going to remember you, which they won't do if you only leave something generic. So get out there, do it, leave some comments, tweet some people, and make sure you make new interactions with people that can help you build your blog and business into the future. Thanks for joining us on the $5 Planet Travel Podcast. Join us again on Thursdays for our complete plan to more affordable travel. We'll also be sharing $5 food and fun tips for our feature destination. So don't miss it. Or join us again next Monday for Money Mondays, where we'll be sharing yet more expert advice on how to build a sustainable online income. Remember to tweet your questions and comments to at $5travel with the number five. Or visit us on $5planet.com to find the show notes and links from today's episode. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the $5 Planet. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Goodbye.